0: Next week is how to deal with difficult people, but today we're talking about how to get out of a spiritual rut. And as I thought about this word rut, it, it kind of reminded me of uh hunting season, right? So you always talk about how the the deer are in what? Yeah, right? And so that's that's kind of their their mating season if you will, they're in heat or whatever. And so this is that's not what we're talking about. Just go ahead and bummer there. But uh, another word for rut or another way to define it is is like you, you know when you have uh, if somebody drives through the yard over and over again or in, in a road and these ruts begin to form and you can't really do anything about it it's there once it happens but another way to define it, it is, is a little more personal and, and it's, it's a pattern of behavior that's unproductive but extremely hard to change and I know that a lot of us have been there before where we got in this rut we got in this this place in our lives where where we wanted to do the right thing but we kept on doing the wrong thing do you know what i'm talking about like like we want to change but it's just hard to change it's hard to get out of this rut and for a lot of us you love god you're serving god you have a relationship with god there have been areas of your life that have changed but there's still one or two areas where you keep doing the same thing over and over again. It hasn't changed. And and you don't want to do it, but you keep doing it. And you you want to change. Can I get a witness? You try to change. You pray to change. But you still find yourself in that same rut, and it becomes frustrating and overwhelming, and you feel like just giving up. Has, Has anybody been there before? We've been there. So you might be comforted to know that some of the greatest apostles in the Scripture had some spiritual ruts. They had some things that they were struggling with and some issues as well. In fact, Paul in Romans says it this way. He says, I don't understand myself at all. (laughs) Have you ever felt that way before? I don't understand myself at all because what I really want, I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing I hate. Man, I've felt that way before. I, I I want to do what's right, but I keep doing what's wrong. And and the message today, what I hope for you, what I want us to get out of this today, is uh, this message is designed for those of you who would say, I'm in a spiritual rut, and I don't want to be there anymore. But before I tell you how to change, how to get out of the rut, I need you to at least admit or acknowledge there's some area in your life where there is a a rut can everybody just show of hands yep i got one of those there's a rut somewhere in my life and the rest of you are lying i'm just saying (laughs) because we we all have issues and if you say you don't have issues that's your issue right We all have issues. We all have an area where we need to change, where we we need to get out of the rut. And for you, maybe it's anger or fear. Maybe it's lashing out. Maybe it's a bad habit or an addiction to something that you have. Maybe it's an unhealthy relationship or a secret sin. Whatever that area is, I want you to think about it. I want you to get it in your mind and let's see what the Bible says in Romans chapter, chapter six, it says, don't let that thing, whatever it is that's controlling you, whatever it is that you keep going back to over and over again, don't let it control the way you live. No, don't give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, so don't do those things, do this instead, give yourselves completely to God and can I tell you that's the secret if you want to know how do I get out of this rut how do I change there it is go all in three words go all in give him everything that you've got and and here's the thing is that most people don't go all in most people want to know how close can I get to the edge of sin and still be okay with God how, how, how close can I get to the fire without being burned, right? That's where a lot of us want to be. We, we want to know, how, like, I, I want to go almost in. I don't want to go all the way because then, I mean, what, what's God going to ask me to do? He might ask me to move to Africa or, or, or something like that. Worse, Louisiana. and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just joking. I like Louisiana. I love my Cajun brothers and sisters. But a lot of, a lot of people, they, they, I don't know if I want to go all in. Well, it's, it, it would be like if you said, I'm going to be the best athlete in this sport. Man, I'm going to be the best football player there is. And then the coach says, awesome, I'll see you at practice tomorrow. And you go, practice? No, nah, man, I just show up to the games. That's how I roll. No, you're not all in at that point. You're not all in. You're, you're just kind of flying by the seat of your pants. It might work for a little bit. But sooner or later, they're going to eat your lunch out there. And that's what happens with us in in the Christian world. We kind of put one foot in. We like it. It feels great. But I don't know if I want to go all the way in. And Jeremiah 29, 13 says it this way. It says that you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So can I tell you this? That unless you give yourself completely to God, you won't find him. He, you, you won't find him. But I want you to notice what happens when you give yourself completely to God. Sin is no longer your master. That's good news right there. When you go all in, it has no hold on you anymore. Instead, you live under the freedom of grace that God has given us. So I, what I want to do today is just show you how to go all in. I want to show you how to get out of this spiritual rut. And, and I'm doing this. I'm drawing a line in the sand right here, drawing a line, and I, I double-dog dare you to cross it. I'm, what I'm telling you is I'm going to give you a playbook. I'm going to give you a prescription today on how to get out of a spiritual rut, and you're going to you're gonna have to cross the line. You're going to have to take me up on this challenge, on this double-dog dare. If you will sell out, I'm, I'm telling you, if you will run the play, if, you, if you'll take the playbook and you, and you do it, I'm telling you, your life will be changed in Jesus' name. Absolutely. So how do we do it? First is this, get rid of the excuses. If you're taking notes, write write it down. Just get rid of the excuses. Well, you know, I I just don't have the time. I just can't do this. I can't do that. We all have a reason why we haven't changed up to this point. It's not a reason, it's an excuse, can, I, can we just call it what it is? It's an excuse. Now, oh, hear me out. I've, I started working out at the beginning of the year, and, and man, I'm, I'm telling you, sun's out, gun's out. You know what I'm saying? Just, you got your tickets yet? What tickets? To the gun show, right? Been working out. I would love, man, it would be incredible to have a six pack, right? That'd be just awesome. But here's the problem. I love food. I love food. And I'm from Tennessee. I was born and raised in the South. And in the South, we don't just love food. We love fried food. We love comfort food. They call it comfort food for a reason. I, I love it. it. I have the spiritual gift of eating. I need you to know that. It is, I am gifted and passionate to eat food. So here's the problem is if I keep eating like that, keep making excuses sooner or later, that six pack I want is going to turn into a keg. You know what I'm talking about? And, and it's excuses. Oh, I can't do that. I, I, I just love food too much. And I'm, I, what I'm doing is calling you on Memorial Day weekend 2019 to cut the excuses to say this is the day my life was changed. I went all in. I gave God everything on May 26, 2019. My life was never the same again. That's what I'm asking you to do today, is to go all in. I'm asking you to do that. But here's, here, here's an example. Just give you some guys in Scripture. They They wanted to follow Jesus, but they weren't willing to go all in. They started making some excuses. So in Luke... Chapter, chapter 14, it says, they all alike begin to make some excuses. And the first one said, Jesus, I, I, just, got a, I just got a lake house down at PK. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to be gone for the summer. I'm going to be back now. I'm coming back. But, but I got to go test it out, right? And and just excuse me. Another said, I, "I just bought a five yoke of oxen. Man, I'm telling you what that bass boat is running nice. It's just it's it's looking good out there, and and I'm on my way to try it out. Jesus, just excuse me." And another one said, "Oh Jesus, we just got married. You know how that goes. We in the honeymoon phase. We we still trying to learn each other, and we got a lot going on. And and you know we alternate weekends at families' houses and right." excuses Jesus said they were excuses so what I'm challenging you to do today is just to completely give yourselves to God and you will never know the difference unless you try it you'll never know the difference it'll make in your life until you give it a chance and I, I, I want you to know this this is incredible since January 27th of this year 201 200 And one people have given their lives to Jesus at City Hope Church this year. That's awesome. And that's not just hands raised. We count hands raised, but we measure the the more important number for us is is how many cards were turned in. These are people that we can help make next steps and help take down a pathway. 201 people marked on a card, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Jesus. That's incredible. Only 10% of those, though, have made a next step to be water baptized. And, and what I've found over the years is that there's a lot of reasons why. We give a lot of excuses on why we won't get water baptized, right? Um, we try to make it easy here at City Hope. We, we do baptisms the first Sunday of every month. We do them 12 times a year. Oh, I just couldn't remember when we did it, the first Sunday of every month. Oh, man, I, I forgot my stuff. I was going to get baptized today, but I forgot, I forgot my towel. Hey, that's okay. We got, we got a towel for you. Oh, I was going to get baptized, but I forgot my change of clothes. That's all right. We got a change of clothes for you. Oh, but I'd have, to, I'd have to go. I don't have any underwear with me. We got underwear too. Don't worry about it. We're taking away all the excuses for you to get baptized. Oh, well. Well, but y'all only do it after the 11 o'clock service. Oh, we do it after the 9.30 service too. We, we do it after both services. We, we want you to follow that next step. And we know that the enemy will do everything he can to just kind of distract us and give us a reason why I can't be baptized or why now is not a good time. And if you're one of those 201 people who've made a decision, I'm asking you, I'm challenging you. Next week is baptism after both services. It's going to be a beautiful day. We'll do it outside in our, in our baptistry tub. Take that next step. Go all in and see what God does in your life this year. I'm telling you, it will be awesome, and you'll be so glad you took that next step. Amen? Amen. I believe it. So we've, we've got to go all in. We've got to quit making excuses. Number two is we've got to make the break. Just jot that down in your notes. Make the break. Whatever that thing is that you identified earlier as the thing that you don't want to do, but you keep on doing, that thing, you gotta break it. You gotta make the break. You gotta say, today it has to stop. It's not gonna, it's not gonna continue anymore. And so for some of us, you're serving God, you love Jesus, you 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 serve on the dream team here at City Hope but there's still an area of your life that's controlling you maybe it's the computer your phone maybe it's the tablet and what i'm saying is maybe you need to just find somebody and tell them and say hey this is a, this is a problem for me maybe you need to maybe you need to put covenant eyes on your all of your devices it's it's a filtering software it gives you some allies that can that can help you and protect you and it sends an email to people to let them know what you've been what you've been watching and what you've been viewing, and it gives them an opportunity to, to hold you accountable. Maybe, maybe you just need to make that break and say, oh, pastor, it's 15 bucks a month, though. Is $15 a month worth some freedom? Come on, somebody. Yeah. And so we, we have to make the break. Maybe for some of you, it's a relationship that you're in. Maybe you're married and you're in this. You're teetering on this relationship that is unhealthy, man. You're just right on the brink of a affair, and I, I'm I'm just saying you need to break that today. You, you need to cut that off today. Uh, to to you young ladies, if I can talk to the young ladies this morning just for a minute, maybe you're in a relationship where there's a guy who's just constantly pulling you down, constantly asking you to do things, dragging you down, and and. And putting you in situations you don't wanna be in, asking you to do things you don't believe in, things that you don't agree with, and maybe it's time for you to just make the break. I I wanna push you over the edge today. I I wanna push you over the edge and just tell you it's okay to take out your phone right now and say, It is over. It's over. Oh, but Pastor Ben, he loves me so much. Does he love you or does he love what he gets out of you? Mm, I'm fitting to preach it up in here. It's going to get real, y'all. We're going we're gonna to have a, a hoedown in a second. we You know, back in the old day, my pastor, he'd say, I'm about to shuck some corn in here today. That's it. We, oh, but pastor, he loves the Lord. Oh, if he loved the Lord, then he would honor you. Oh, man. So I'm just saying, maybe you need to make the break. Make the break. Second Corinthians chapter six says it like this: It says, "Don't be yoked together with unbelievers." And I, these these words, yoked together, the yoke was a it was an instrument to to put a couple of oxen together. It was a device that linked them up. And it just made them, it made them uh, uh, in, in step. They were stronger this way. And so what Paul is saying is don't, don't put yourself with unbelievers. In other words, don't, don't yoke yourself together. Don't take on their thought patterns. Don't begin to act like them. Don't do that. Because, or, or what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? He's asking, Nothing. What fellowship can light have with darkness? It can't. What harmony is there between Christ and Belial, another word for the devil? There is no harmony. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Not much. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? There's not an agreement. Why? Because we are the temple of the living God. See, maybe you come in and you feel like this is a holy place. This room is holy and and God's going to do something in this holy place. But can I tell you today that this room is not holy. You are holy. You are the temple of God. You are the temple of God. So why don't we live out there like we live in here? Don't be yoked together. Make the break. Make a decision. Today it's all going to change. And then number three, the third thing is we've got to fill the void. If we're going to Get out of this spiritual rut we're in. We've got to fill the void. In other words, you can't stop doing something without doing something else. You can't stop without replacing that thing you were doing. Otherwise, it's going to look appealing, right? It's still going to be calling your name. You've got to replace what you don't want to do that you keep on doing with something else. So uh, if you were raised in a church like me, then it was all about what you couldn't do. Come on, somebody. You know, you know what I mean? Like, you better not go there. Them, them picture shows will send you to hell. The movies, right? Or whatever it is. You know, we legalistic type stuff. Boy, you can't you can't be listening to that music. Pastor, it's DC talk. I don't care. That's the devil's music. But they're a Christian band. That's rock and roll, you know, whatever. Everything was wrong and everything was bad and and it kind of reminded me of uh, my, the Bible college I went to. It wasn't so bad, but, but we did have a dress code. And, and we were not allowed to wear carpenter jeans. y'all know what carpenter jeans is? If you're young, you probably don't know what they are. but They were way cool back in the day. I had, I had carpenter jeans, but I couldn't wear them to, to Bible college. We weren't allowed to wear those or open-toed shoes. No sandals at Bible college. Well, one day, I guess, there had been too many offenders wearing the, wearing the carpenter jeans and the, and the sandals. And so they called all the boys together, all the men. And they're like, fellas, we've been, we've been hearing reports, y'all. Too many carpenter jeans out there. Too many carpenter jeans. And this one guy named Travis, who had a lisp, he raised his hand. And I tell you, he had a lisp because I'm going to imitate him. <laughs> he raised his hand. And he, they said, you've been too many carpenter jeans out there. And he goes, what's wrong with carpenter jeans? I mean, Jesus with a carpenter? <laughs> and everybody laughed like that. It was hilarious. We're like, yeah. Come on, Travis. Yeah. Well, we just, that's the rule. We just don't wear them here. And then they went on talking about sandals. We don't need too many sandals. We've seen too many toenails out here. And, and he goes, Jesus wore sandals. <laughs> he was right. Jesus did wear sandals. Jesus was a carpenter. It's not about the rules. It's not about the, all of the regulations. It's not about all of that. It's about a relationship with God. But I'm telling you, if you stop doing something, you've got to replace it with something else. Otherwise, it's going to look appealing. It's going to be calling your name, and you're going to keep going back to it over and over again. It kind of reminds me of that old pastor who he was preaching a message. He was, showing enough, shucking the corn right? in his message. He said, he said, if I had all the wine in the world, well, I'd take it and I'd throw it in the river. And if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it down there and I'd throw it in the river. And if I had all the beer and all the booze in the world, I'd take it down there and I'd throw it in the river. And then he, he closed the sermon and, and closed it up. And and the song leader came back up there, and the song leader said, Turn to page 423. Shall we gather at the river? Yeah, if you if you don't replace it with something, you want to go back, right? Well, Ephesians five uh, gives us a verse, and and I'm, I have a lo- a word underlined here. It says, "Don't get drunk on wine." And I want you to know, I'm not talking about wine here. I'm not harping on it. I have it underlined because it represents whatever that one or two things is for you. Don't get drunk on sports. Don't get drunk on overeating. Don't get drunk on pornography. Don't get drunk on lust. Whatever your one thing is, don't get drunk on it because it leads you to debauchery. This, it leads you to this place where it, it's an indulgence in your senses. It takes you further than you want to go, keeps you longer than you want to stay, and it'll cost you more than you want to pay. Don't, don't, don't go there, he says. Instead... Say these, these last few words with me. Be filled with the Spirit. So if I'm going to get out of this spiritual rut, I don't, just, I don't just need to stop doing something. I need to be filled with something. I need to be filled with the Spirit. It's the Spirit's power that gives me the strength to do what He's called me to do. And if you, if you get drunk on whatever your thing is, Then your body and your soul are calling the shots. Your spirit man's not. That's why you keep going back to it over and over again. So that's the first thing that we've got to do if we're gonna if we're going to get out of this rut. If we're going to be filled with the Spirit, I want to give you four things. The first one is give your life to Jesus. In your notes, give your life to Jesus. And I'm just, I'm just asking you here, what would it look like if you fell in love with the man, Christ Jesus? I'm not even really talking about salvation here. I'm talking about giving him everything, y'all. Not just, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. No, give, give him your life. Give him everything. That's what he wants. It's like the old adage, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Right? Give him your life. Give him everything. The second thing is to get in a small group. Get in a small group. Now, I want to talk a little bit about this one because some of you are trying to fix your issue by yourself. You're doing it alone, and you were never meant to do life alone. You need somebody by your side. You need somebody with you And the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 28, it says, whoever conceals their sin doesn't prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces finds mercy. So to confess and renounce takes God and somebody else. And can I say, it says that they find mercy. If somebody's confessing something to you, the worst thing you can do is blow up on them. Because they probably won't come tell you anything else ever again. The best thing that you can do, as hard as it is, is to give mercy, to help him walk through that thing. And so in Ecclesiastes, we're talking about small groups. In Ecclesiastes 4, it says, there was a man who was all alone and he had neither son nor brother. He was by himself and there was no end to his toil. In other words, he kept working. It was just him by himself, work, work, work. And it goes on to say that two are better than one because they have a good return for their work, right? If one falls down, a friend can help him up. But, if, but pity the man. Mr. T would say, pity the fool, right? Pity the fool. Pity the man who falls and has nobody to help him up because he was by himself, because he didn't have a friend. Can I tell you that small groups... Small groups aren't just another way for, you, for us to get you to study your Bible and pray more. It's not another lesson for you to go through. Small groups, the, the whole reason we design small groups and we put them together is because we all need a friend. Every one of us need a friend. We focus on groups so that hopefully you'll find somebody you can lean on. We focus on groups so that hopefully you can find somebody that you can say... Hey, can, can I tell you something? Every week I go on this business trip out of town, and, and every week I'm tempted. It usually happens at night. Man, I'd just appreciate it if you call me this week. That's why we do small groups. That's why we, that's why we put the effort in that. It's because we, we want you. We know that you need a friend. We know that you need somebody by you that can pray for you and encourage you. And, and uh, James chapter 5 says it this way. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can be healed. When you confess and you pray for each other, you'll find forgiveness. You'll find healing there. Small groups really are just an excuse for you to get together with other people. And you might go to the financial freedom small group, still file for, divorce, or file for bankruptcy, but guess what? You, get, you found a friend in the process. You know what I'm saying? You might end up in the couch to 5K small group, and you can't finish the 5K, but you got a friend. Man, you, you might go to the fitness small group, and you didn't lose any weight, but you gained some and found some friends along the way. Come on, somebody. That's what it's all about, is finding a friend that you can lean on, that you can trust in, somebody to hold you accountable. So next Sunday, is, it's the day I've been waiting for. It's small group launch day, everybody. Small groups begin next Sunday. They're going to meet, I think there's about 25 groups. They're going to meet all across the city, all days of the week. And they, they're interest-based. So it's not that every one of our groups do the same curriculum. They do different things. And you can actually go online right now. You can search those online. You can download a, an app called the Church Center, and you can find them right there, uh, set it up for City Hope, and, and find those small groups there. They, and they start next Sunday. Rally Day is something we'll do next week. We got a big prize for you. Every, everybody's going to get some some something good next Sunday. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be fun. And and small group leaders are gonna have tables set up out there and they're gonna be fighting over you. No, come to my group. My group's better. Man, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He he, he man, you you come to my group, you, leave him alone, he's mine, right? They, they're gonna be fighting over you. They want you in their group because they want some friends, they want, they want some some people around them. And I told them that I was going to tell you to go to two or three different groups and drop the ones you didn't like, all right? So I said, hey, if they show up your group the first time and they don't come back, it's okay. It's all right. They found another group to go to, and that's all right. Shop around. Find the group that fits for you, and, and get in a group. Get some, some friends in your life, because life change happens in, sm- in, in small groups. It happens in community. It happens between Sundays, All right. The third thing that you've got to do to fill the void in your life is you've got to find purpose. And if, if you hear me say anything over and over and over again at City Hope, it's going to be this one. Because here's what we do around here. We love God. We love people. We give people hope. How do we do that? By helping them find purpose. By helping them know why they were created. What their purpose on this earth is for. So you're going to hear it over and over again. Why? Because we know this. That in order to help you solve your problems, we can't just help you solve your problems. we got to give you something bigger to live for. In order for you to solve your problems, you don't just solve the problems, you find something bigger than yourself to live for. And that's God and what he created you to do. Acts Acts 20 says it this way. In chapter 20, verse 24, Paul said, my life is worth nothing unless I use it to finish the work he gave me. That's what I was created to do. And that's what you were. He has a work for you. And our lives really don't matter. It doesn't it doesn't really add up. It can't compute until we're doing what God created us to do. And when you are living out your purpose, everything else is going to seem so menial, so so like minimized because we're living out the purpose. So if you haven't found your purpose, Growth Track is it's where you do it. It happens every Sunday. You can start fresh next Sunday with Growth Track. So let me wrap it up with this: if if we're going to fill the void in our lives, we've got to give our lives to Jesus wholeheartedly, everything. Not, not just a patty cake praise. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if I'm going to praise God, I'm, I'm putting these thunder sticks together, buddy. And I'm going to shout it from the rooftop. God is good. We, we say things like, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That didn't come from me. That came from Scripture. So if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. So give our lives completely to Jesus. Then the second thing is to get in a small group. Find real community. Find your purpose. And then this last one is to use that purpose for somebody else, for the good of somebody else. Peter tells us each one of you should use the gift that you've received, not for yourself, but to serve others, to serve others. So here's, here's what I know, is that the most fulfilled people I know in, in this life don't have less problems than me, they just have a bigger purpose. I'm going to say that again, the, the people, the, the, the most fulfilled people I know in this life, they don't have less problems, they just have bigger purpose. They're living for, for something greater, and we, we, we need that in our own lives. And so what I did earlier was I drew a line in the sand, and I said, Come on, cross it. See what happens. And I'm, I'm telling you today that it doesn't take any courage to sit there and take notes. But it takes a whole lot of courage to say, today, I'm going all in. 100%. I'm not leaving here the same as I came. I'm walking out of here a different person today no more excuses. I'm making the break. It's over. Whatever that was, it's over today in Jesus' name. And I'm going to fill the void. It takes courage to do that. And I want to make you this promise that I I make it regularly around here, that if you will give yourself, if you'll sell out for a year to what I just talked about, to this playbook, to this prescription, for you to to get out of that rut. If you'll do it for a year, you do it for six months, I promise you look back and you go, who was that guy? My life is different. I, like I've got, I've got people around me who care about me. My, my life is on the right track. I'm, I'm serving God. I'm using my gifts. I'm living my purpose. You're going to look back and not recognize who you are right now. You've, you've got to make that choice. Do you believe that with me today? Man, if you believe that, let's, let's just give God praise today. Let's give him thanks. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And, and let's just, um, let me ask you this question. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? What's he whispering to you? What's he, how's he nudging you right now? And I just, I want to get straight to the point with you. If you're here today and you say, Ben, I'm, I'm not serving God right now. I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not all in. And I want to go all in today. I want to give my life 100% to Jesus. I'm ready for him to change my mind. I'm ready to make the break. I'm ready to quit the excuses. I'm ready to fill the void, to, to, to receive the Holy Spirit's power in my life, to live this life. Whether this is your first time or a recommitment, if that's you, you're ready to go all in. Just lift up your hand between me and you. God bless you. God bless you. See you everywhere. Thank you. Thank you thank you thank you God bless you I'm proud of you I'm proud of you thank you Amen. hey right where you are let's say this prayer together this is a prayer of commitment say Jesus I surrender I commit to you I give you my life my mind my will my emotions No more excuses. I'm making the break. And I receive you as Lord and Savior. I'm going all in. From this day forward, I am yours. You are mine. I'm your child. You're my father. I'll go where you go. I'll say what you say. I'm yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's give Him praise.